Before we start, this episode of Gayish features frank discussion about illegal drug use. If that is something you'd prefer not to hear, or if there's any possibility that will be a trigger for you in any way, we suggest you please skip this week's episode. If you or anyone you know is struggling with drugs or alcohol, there are addiction and recovery resources listed on our website at gayishpodcast.com slash help. And now, enjoy Gayish. When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's Gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stop going shopping, that's Gayish. Oh, Gayish, you're probably Gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's Gayish. We're also Gayish. It's Gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is is gayish the first direct to vhs podcast <laughs> god i would take that starring mary kate and ashley olsen oh my god as lil shreven are you a mary kate or an ashley um whichever one was in weeds great i'm mike johnson i'm kyle gets we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality <laughs> and actuality and today today Whew, yeah, we're going to talk about ketamine. Ketamine. On the heels of bestiality, which everyone loved. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, voted on by our Patreon Gap Bridgers, though. So y'all wanted us to talk about it. Yep, yep. And again, the Gap Bridgers and everyone else voted very differently. Yes, everyone else in our tiebreaker vote voted on shame. So we are going to do that for our bonus episode this month for Patreon. Sure are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but first. But first. Uh, a correction. Okay. This one comes from Mike Royce. I'm going to say Royce. Mike Royce. Hi, Mike and Kyle. Just a minor correction regarding AI and cows, which at first I thought was chat GPT, but yep. no, he means artificial insemination. Yeah. Just a minor correction regarding AI and cows, although not sure if it makes it sound any better than shoving an arm up the vajayjay. The lubed plastic sleeve up to the shoulder is actually inserted into the rectum of the cow and used to grab and stabilize the cervix, which lies just below the rectum. Then a long pipette slash breeding gun containing the bull semen is inserted into the vagina and through the cervix with the other hand. Learned how to do this in college. Good times. Happy Thursday, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> breeding gun is what I'm going to call my dick from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. out, fellas. Here comes the breeding <laughs> gr- gun. Open up your vaginas. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, wrecked him. I yeah, wrecked him. Damn near killed him. I um, I I didn't, I didn't know. I, I like I grew up around cows. I had no idea that that's yeah. that, that's like the whole time. I thought that they were like reaching right up in there and tickling those ovaries. But no, uh, I didn't know. We talked about it on the episode, so I d- oh. didn't didn't even know there was a correction to be made. Oh yeah, yeah. I for sure. Yeah. Okay. I for sure talked about it. I mostly listen to you. Great. And now the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 Speaking of listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do that for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, news the first. Okay. We're going to talk about South Korea. Okay. So for a long time, South Korea's biggest annual LGBTQ pride celebration has been held in the same place in the middle of Seoul. And there's performers and um, rainbow costumes, like everything you would expect out of a Pride festival. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year, the Seoul Queer Culture Festival has been turned away from the venue. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's going to be hosting a Christian youth concert. And uh, the festival organizers are crying foul. They say that this is discrimination. And yeah. Plus, you don't want a cult there. Right. <laughs> right. What's the difference between religion and cult? Time. 
so what happened was the organizers for both the festival and the concert applied to use the plaza venue from june 30th to july 1st this is according to the government of seoul and both groups were informed of this and offered to change dates like would you consider changing dates do you want to change pride right. <laughs> like that's not right and and because neither of them said yes to changing dates it went to a civic committee so the, the government said okay well then this committee of people is going to have to choose which one Uh-oh. and they sided with the christian concert the civic committee prioritizes quote events related to children or teenagers or those that have other value in the public interest so it's it, it gets worse so it's not like it's a like i don't know it's not like a taylor swift co- concert in disguise or something this is this is uh christian broadcaster cts which uh vocally opposes homosexuality Ugh. vocally opposes pride festivals in general according to reuters so they're saying that the concert was specifically organized and specifically targeted that date to mm. accomplish exactly what they accomplished, which was displacing pride. Yeah, that's fucked up. Especially like it's like the decision in and of itself is clear and direct homophobia because it's believes that religion is more important than like, you know, gay kids feeling cool about themselves. And then you add to that the intentionality of it is. Yep, yep. And uh, I mean, things aren't super duper great in Korea anyway. Like they're, you know, Asia in general has sort of a long ways to go when it comes to LGBTQ stuff and policies and Korea is no exception. But uh, there are no comprehensive anti-discrimination laws, for instance, in South Korea. And at least according to the advocate, things are worse there for gay people than in Japan or Taiwan Hmm. um, in terms of acceptance. So anyway... Sorry about it, Korea. That's that really sucks, especially when it's like an event, you know, an annual event that like they should just be given priority every year to be like first right or refusal or something because yeah. it's pride. It's fucking pride. It's fucking like that happens every year yeah. at the same time. Like it's always then. Yeah. I keep thinking about like the pride parade here in Seattle for how long now has ended at the Space Needle at Seattle yep. Center for for Pride Fest. Can you imagine like you just get so used to it. Yeah. Rolling in there on Sunday of pride. And here's a. <laughs> fucking christians singing about jesus hating gay people opposite world we're (laughs) like wait this is the exact opposite of what we expect here yeah yeah anyway and and just the whole like it's not us it's this random group of people that we picked from a poll up a whole pool of generally homophobic people right like uh the just the sorry it's not us it's these people like it's just i hate that that sucks yeah that really sucks okay news the second before i do news the second i wrote down here a thing that i just had a quick thought and i've been having a lot of anxiety lately that like it's uncomfortable for people to hear what's going on in the news and especially trans people because things are particularly fucked for for them right now and like is is it okay to just like week after week after week keep mm. saying this like horrible shit that's going on? Yeah. But um, I, and then I, I keep thinking about this thing that happened at work last week that I'm going to talk about more later, I think. But uh, we had a team uh, in my org that launched this whole thing based around which Harry Potter house are you a member of? And I like... I lost my shit. I talked about it at the happy hour. I, mm-hmm. I like lost my shit and they pulled it down and they stopped doing this thing. And 
issued this big apology, blah, 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 blah. But the person that was behind that is actually the head of our LGBT group in Israel, which is where the team is based. So it made me realize that like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if he's an ally or a member of the community, but either way, he's heading the queer resource group in that country and doesn't know better had never heard of J.K. Rowling being transphobic, had no idea that Harry Potter could be triggering for trans people and that it is inappropriate in a work context. Anyway, so I, just, I keep thinking about that and how like, we're sort of in a bubble and I don't know if everybody even fucking knows what's going on yeah. and the need to let people know overrides whatever potential discomfort there is in having to hear how fucked up shit is another week in a row yeah well i mean especially like our audience is a lot of people that are similar to us because that's just naturally who we like listens to shows as people that feel like you can relate to um so i think amongst our audience as well like it's helpful to keep people up to date on what's going on yep yep okay all right well um and you also bring in positive trans stories as well so you it's not that it's only the doom and gloom. There's also good things that happen in the trans world and the trans community and the LGBT community. And I think you bring in both um, news stories from time to time. So. Man, some weeks is fucking hard. Some weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which makes sense. Like, and like th there's something about like, you don't want to like just pretend like, Oh, let me give equal, you know, time to good and bad. Like, right. cause that's not, that would feel just wrong yeah. to try to pretend like it's equally good and bad out there, but yeah, there's yeah. like a little bit of, you got to give them hope, you know? So yep. I don't know. I think you do a good job balancing and, and this is what the new segment is and yeah. you can kind of expect that. So, well, and you do a good job of putting in the timestamps So the description of every episode, there's timestamps. Mm. And if like, if you, if you find news is just triggering or too depressing or you just like, or what? you're listening to back episodes and you don't need to hear what happened in like August of 2021, right, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Skip forward. Let's just skip, skip to forward. the main topic. Yeah. All right. So news the second. So there is the church at Ponce and Highland in Georgia. It's in Atlanta, which is in general an LGBTQ supportive church they changed their reader board sign outside the church to say, God loves trans kids. Oh, cool. Cool. Except, uh -oh. except for what's going to happen next. When people showed up for church on Sunday morning, uh, somebody had spray painted out God and substituted pedos. So mm. it said pedos loves trans kids, which that's not even grammatically correct. You fucking dickbags. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Grammar. Technicality. Um, uh, but yeah, TV station WAGA uh, re reported that that the, the the sign was defaced. Um, Reverend Mimi Walker, uh, who's the senior pastor, told the station, "quote It's sad that this is part of the conversation in our culture that people feel the need to react with such ugly messages. It's offensive. We believe God loves all people. In particular, God loves the LGBTQ community and trans community who are not seeing that love in all places in our culture." Um. So the, the church, you know, they they band together and they, they went and fixed the sign and reported the matter to police. Um, this is the first time that they've had their sign vandalized, even though uh, they have 
posted pro-gay um, messaging before, pro-LGBTQ messaging before. They have had their pride flags stolen several years. Mm. Um, maybe it's just a kid who needed a pride flag. Well, maybe. Thanks, church. Free yeah. pride flag. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yoink. That's kind of a good idea to have right? a pride flag. Yeah, just a free... Hey, <laughs> they're waving a free pride flag for me. Uh, but, but she said, quote, we'll continue to keep putting out our message of love for all people. That power that we have is to keep putting out the positive messages that here is a safe space, place, safe place. We are going to stay true to our commitment to care for those around us. There are people in communities who support them and love them and know that God loves them as well. And I, we talk about religion a lot on the show. And sorry. <laughs> well, it, it, it is for my jokes. About it. It, it, it's not it's not all religions. There are. There are queer affirming churches out right. there who are who are doing their best, and and they are, I think, you know, in this very um, contentious friction point in culture. So I I, don't, I just want to catch a church winning. Yeah, you know, even though this shitty thing happened to them. Yeah, the the religious people that I respect are the ones that I I think say that like if you're not getting any kind of discomfort or pushback then you're not pushing the message of god's love and what that means hard enough like if everyone's just kind of like sure okay then you're doing whatever the easy version of you know god and what he actually meant you know when he said love everyone he didn't he didn't give a little asterisk and say except lgbt kids or except trans kids he, yep. he just said everyone so like i i respect the people that are trying to put the real message of what god meant out there and and then take the flack for it and do and then when it, that comes up then keep pushing it and not let up so i res- i very much respect that yep yep good good me too, Kyle. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yay, religion. Yay, wow, religion. 180. We love religion. It's only good always. <laughs> well, well, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, news the last. So, known bisexual actress Drew Barrymore has announced that she's, she's bisexual? I, that's what the advocate not says. Not known to advocate. <laughs> you make assumptions of me. I did not know that. Uh, oh. But cool. she, she's no longer going to be hosting the MTV Movie and TV Awards on Sunday night. Oh. Uh, because she is, uh, she's stepping down in solidarity with writers who are on strike. Oh. She had an interview in Variety, and she said, "Quote: I have listened to the writers, and in order to truly respect them, I will pivot from hosting the MTV Movie and TV Awards live in solidarity with the strike. Everything we celebrate and honor about movies and television is born out of their creation, and until a solution is reached, I am choosing to wait. But I'll be watching from home and hope you will join me. And then you already." You reacted the way that I reacted. Drew Barrymore's bisexual? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. And, and well, I mean, the fact that Advocate says known, like clearly this isn't a brand new revelation or anything. <laughs> I. She also hosts the Drew Barrymore show, <laughs> which did you know that? Kyle? <laughs> so much I'm learning about Drew Barrymore. What else about Drew Barrymore, Mike? Um, She's a Capricorn. Um, she loves daffodils. <sighs> I have nothing. That's all there is to know about she, it. That's fine. She, well, what was that? She she showed David Letterman her tits once. Oh. At least once. At least on, once. On <laughs> national television. <laughs> I mean, but who of, who among us hasn't, you know? 
she did say that she's still on good terms with MTV, that uh, she will be back for the 2024 Movie and TV Awards, uh, as, assuming that they, they want to have her. She said, quote, I thank MTV, who has truly been some of the best partners I have ever worked with, and I can't wait to be part of this next year when I can truly celebrate everything that MTV has created, which is a show that allows fans to choose who the awards go to and is truly inclusive. Mm-hmm. So Drew Barrymore, uh, she... she Bisexual, bisexual. Just killing it. So I, we're doing our part. The the opposite of bi erasure. Yes, she's bye 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 bye. Anyway, what just happened to you right <laughs> <I> then? <laughs> <laughs> were you doing in sync or a different thing that I didn't understand? All of them. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like a clip of every time in sync said bye, but yeah. done yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, that was magical. Speaking of magical things, yeah. I want to thank the following Patreon members. Thanks. Thank you to... Thanks. <laughs> Later. Uh, thank you to Brian M. I'm going to take a swing and say... Mornilton. 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 I'm taking... I hope... Man, if I get that right... Of the Cleveland Mornilton? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> North Cleveland, obvi. Uh, Vigard? 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 That sounds like the leader of a cult if you I've ever seen one. Um uh Ember Keeler. Ooh, I love that. I like one. that. That rolls off the Hey Ember. Ember Keeler. Um, sounds like maybe a drag queen's name. Oh, that would be a good drag name. Um yeah. and my name is not Rick. <laughs> All one word. My name is not Rick. Another we added baby eats a boy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Fuck. Damn not, it. Not uh, the Rick. one the not one Rick. thing. Damn fuck. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, not Rick. Thank you, not Rick. <laughs> if you want to join Patreon, you get bonus episodes, uh, episodes a, d- a day early, no ads, um, and you can join at patreon.com slash podcast. And we are doing a new thing that is available to anyone, not just Patreon members, but it's available on the Patreon site or in the Patreon app. Um, it is this spotlight where we just recently interviewed Brad Shreve from the Queer We Are podcast. Yeah. He had a really personal and intimate interview that I really appreciated. And before that, we had done an interview with Queers in Your Ears, yep. uh, uh, d- another podcast. So both of those are available publicly. You don't have to join. You can just listen to our interviews of podcasts. And maybe we'll do more of these where we're, we interview other podcasts and learn about them and, and what they do um, available to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. We have We have some pretty great people in our lives now who... Uh, we can interview and get some interesting stuff, but like doesn't make a whole episode or necessarily fit into something that we have on the schedule. So this is a way for us to still like put that content out there and get them the spotlight. That's yeah. why we're calling it spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what, I don't know. I, I think we're this weird spot where we are big enough that people notice us, but still a small, like it is still three people trying to run this entire thing. We're yeah. not like, I don't know. Some people are like, to the assistant's assistant. It's like, no, like yeah. that's not like we're to, so we get a ton of requests for, you know, interviews and, and people that want to uh, do things. So this is another avenue to kind of get content out there. <laughs> it's funny when people write in and then I write back and then they write back and they say, I can't believe you wrote me back. I'm yeah. Like, I don't know. As opposed to like, yeah. my army of secretaries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, join Patreon. Join Patreon. You also get 50% off live show tickets, Patreon folks. So fucking do that. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. It, yeah. The code's in the app. And, or on the website. Great. Do you want to... Let's talk about ketamine, Kyle. I'm nervous about this one. Are you? 
Can you say more about that? It's uh, it's just a really big issue right now in the queer community. And so it's one that like if we fuck up like farmers, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> that just feels like it's a different which I think I think we got some nice comments from actual gay farmers uh, on that episode. I don't know why that. But like if we fuck up a different thing, if we fuck up talking about like, I don't know, whatever if we fuck up talking about balls, like it's not, you know, gonna sure. mess something up. Sure. Whereas, also, I have I have a couple of those balls. Yeah. So, like, I at least <laughs> you qualified have that way. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's currently, zero ketamine in my home, but I do have balls. Okay. So, you know. so I don't know. This one, uh, I don't know, feels a little bit heavier and more important to get right. So we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Well, I was gonna start with like, what the fuck is ketamine? Sure. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, ketamine if y'all don't know is a dissociative anesthetic so it was actually invented to put people out for surgery like propofol which is also known as milk of amnesia (laughs) and they were they were trying to find a way to make a different anesthetic which is fin fence fuck fencyclidine (laughs) but also known as pcp which is the street drug angel dust (laughs) It was causing too many like complications. It was doing the job of like putting people under so that they could have surgery done on them. Mm-hmm. But there, there were um, there were too many hallucinogenic effects to PCP, and uh, it it wasn't necessarily always safe. So they were they were tweaking that, and uh, that's how they came up with ketamine. Mm-hmm. So um, it, ketamine is a, a, just a couple of atoms different than PCP. So it's the same class of drugs, does basically the same shit to your body. That's that's the that's the thing. So um, it was first synthesized in 1962 by Calvin Stevens. Um, he was a professor of chemistry at Wayne State University and a consultant for a company called Park Davis. And uh, they he he first started doing um, preclinical research in animals. And that's how ketamine came to be used in a veterinary setting, which is going to come up in a weird way later. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it works quite effectively on most mammals as a way to put them out. So horses, dogs, cats, uh, it, it was being used by, by veterinarians. So we got a bunch of data that way. Mm. And then this is a thing that um, this sentence, they just threw this sentence out there and like left it there. Uh, ketamine was tested in human prisoners in 1964. So that feels <laughs> like something that happened in the 60s. Like, hey, prisoners, we don't care about you. You don't count. Like, let's test shit on you. Yes. That I, clearly, I don't know. I don't know anything more than you do, but like. I read a 2010 paper from <gasps> um, uh, uh, the Journal of Anesthesiology called Taming the Ketamine Tiger, and it talked about how they they, they, they they did this. And at least according to this, they say that they asked for volunteers. They got 20 volunteers in prison <laughs> to take ketamine and monitor them and see how it worked out. So I, I don't I don't know. That feels the power dynamics there yeah, exactly. feel very odd. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, what? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, like, um, or maybe they fucking loved it. I don't know. I here's the thing: if you're in prison, shit's probably pretty boring. Yeah. 
Like, what would what would you do to spice I up your day? I guess if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to try drugs?" I, no, I yeah, I don't know. Yep, yeah. Uh, so so, but but we got a lot of data about about ketamine just out of that study uh, uh, asking for um, uh, volunteers. So then, um, uh, in, initially they they were they wanted to call ketamine anesthetic. People experiencing ketamine anesthesia, they wanted to use the verb dreaming. They were saying that that's that's how they wanted to describe the state that it put people in. Mm. Um, but Park Davis, the company that was behind all of this stuff, uh, did not approve of the name. And uh, uh, so Mrs. Edward F. Domino, who was the wife of one of the pharmacologists, suggested dissociative anesthesia. And mm. that stuck. So apparently if you're married to a pharmacologist, you can just like throw shit out there and they're like, yeah, that Are sounds good. Sure. She's not married to a pizza delivery company. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm skeptical of that. I thought you were going to say the wife of Mr. Domino, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the wife of Fred Domino, right. yeah. <laughs> Edward, Ed Domino, Kyle, Ed Domino. <laughs> um, so uh, after all of this stuff, then uh, yeah, dissociative anesthesia is the is the is the thing, and it is now classified as a dissociative anesthetic along with a bunch of other stuff. It's a smart name. Uh, so FDA approved it for use in humans for anesthetic purposes in 1970, and it was first rolled out by the government and given to American soldiers during Vietnam. Wow. So uh, some of the reason is a lot of other substances that we use to put people under for surgery slow the heart rate down, mm -hmm. lowers the blood pressure, and depending on what else is going on for that person, that can be super dangerous. Mm. And it turns out the ketamine doesn't do that. Ketamine, doesn't it do the opposite? Ketamine actually can make your heart rate and or blood pressure go up. Yeah. So it's especially useful in like a field hospital trauma um, uh, situation. Whew. And so... Uh, they, they started using it on American soldiers during the Vietnam War, and uh, it, it went on from there. The thing is, it, the FDA approved it in 1970, and by 1971, it was uh, being used recreationally enough <laughs> sure. uh, that it made it into, this blew me away, this is crazy. There was an underground comic about a fictional trio of stoner characters who would go around and hijinks would ensue, and their whole dynamic was to see how many different kinds of drugs they could get their hands on and then do all of these drugs together. The name of it was the Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. Wow. I thought you were going to call it, it would be like K Marmaduke or K Maduke or something. I, I, well, Beavis and Butthead and their friend Ketamine <laughs> Joe. Ketamine Joe. <laughs> I'm Ketamine Joe. Oh my God. Or like uh, Ketamine as the name of a pet. Or, oh. or Ketamine. Oh, it's Ketamine. Ketamine. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fabulous furry freak brothers was, uh, it, it started in Austin, Texas in an undergrad newspaper called the rag in 1968. And then, uh, eventually got big enough that it was being published as its own thing. Yeah. And but yeah, that they got on that quick, both like the recreational use and just it appearing in like pop culture. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yep. So, and I didn't realize it had been around that long. Like we'll talk more about like recently it's it's become even more of an issue in the queer community, but like yeah. uh, that, that it's been around for a long time. Yep. Huh. It, it, it really, it really, really has. So 
like a lot of drugs, ketamine sort of flew under the radar as far as like the law was concerned and regulatory concerns. So it, it took a while for it then to get illegal or at least, you know, put on the different schedules, mm. but like the FDA's schedule two, it's it's now schedule three, I think, and, and the equivalent in other countries. But part of it is uh, it got popular in the 1990s within rave and club scenes all over the world. Of course, in the United States, uh, um, which you're going to talk about recreational stuff a, a, a little bit later. But mm. um, uh, apparently adult film star Joey Stefano died in 1994 from an overdose. Uh, he was in some gay porn, I understand. I might have gotten that wrong, but I, I think that he was, he was a gay porn actor. Hmm. So he yeah, he died in 94 from an overdose of ketamine and that sort of kicks off a renewed, oh, maybe we should maybe we should lock this shit down yeah. wave of, you know, of, of legislation. So in Australia, it's a controlled drug under the poison standard. In Canada, it's a Schedule One narcotic since 2005, which seems kind of late to me. It took India until 2013 to add it, and that was only after there was a string of date rape uh, that was tied to ketamine. In the UK, they uh, they regulated it as Class B drug. That means something, I guess, in, in uh, 2014. But uh, it's been it's been controlled in the United States as a Schedule Three drug since 1999. Hmm. So weirdly, we were ahead of the curve. Wow! On, on <laughs> since when does that happen in the U.S.? Um, I'm going to talk about K holes in the Patreon segment. Okay. But uh, do you, let's do you know? Can you name some some names, some street names for ketamine? No. You don't know any of them? Special K. Special K. Special K is number one and the most common that's used. Uh, when when it first started uh, uh, becoming recreational in the late 60s and, and early 70s, it was called Mean Green hmm. or Rock Mesk. Rock Mesk? R-O-C-K-M-E-S-C. It's huh. like a good wrestling name. Yeah, Special K or just K. Kitty, Cat, K2, Vitamin K, Super K, Honey Oil. Oh. That's, that sounds like a like a vegan. I don't know. That's that sounds too adorable to be this like right. <laughs> dangerous drug. Uh, jet, super acid, mauve, special LA Coke, <laughs> purple wacky dust, rhino benzo, wonk, cat valium, not off, Skittles, blind squid, Skittles. Keller, Kelly's day, new ecstasy, psychedelic heroin, bump, or majestic. Also, there's a mixture of ketamine and cocaine that gets called Calvin Klein or CK1. Oh. And in Hong Kong, um, they, they call it Kai, kai Jai. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's sort of the, the history of, of ketamine and where it comes from. But I, I was surprised to learn that there, there's like, well, for, not surprised, I guess. There's, there's nothing natural about it. It's 100% hmm. created in a lab. So they like use... Test tubes and and bubbling and churning to make to make PCP <laughs> and then they take PCP and they further refine it and it, it becomes ketamine. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm going to tell you more about the recreational use. Yeah. Um, before I do though, I will mention I will also be talking about the medicinal uses there are. So like I'm going to talk about kind of the negative and harmful type types of uses, and there are also very promising therapeutic, yeah. especially to treat major depressive disorder, yeah. things that I have personally considered because um, of my depression and it, the same clinic offers them. So there are both good and bad. So I'm starting with the bad, but just know 
there's more to it than just this one thing. Yeah. And like you talked about, it's an anesthetic. So like there's lots of other uses, but uh, for recreational use, the, the one study there's, uh, I couldn't find a study that specifically narrowed it down to gay men, except for one that focused on like gay men at clubs, like this really specific mm. thing that was going to then say like, you know, 97% of gay men use it or something that like just felt like it was, it wasn't the, the one that I wanted to just grab. Sure. Like, so did, did it feel like, like, you know, Seattle has hemp fest. So they like 98% of people do marijuana. Yes. Yes. It <laughs> felt, yeah. It very like misleading and not going to give us a good general overview. So what I grabbed is this study called past year ketamine use evidence from a United States population from 2015 to 2019. That was published in 2022 by Dr. Andrew Yaki in the oh. journal of psychoactive drugs. Dr. Yaki sounds like a dealer. <laughs> hey, hit up my friend Dr. Yaki. He's yeah. got you covered. Um, this is recent. It's, it's it's new. This is this is fresh off the presses, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just published like everything. You know, it was collected from 2015 to 2019, but then it takes time to like assemble and, and publish. And this is when I could not get access to all the details, but it doesn't matter. I'll just tell you what the what they found. Um, they estimated that 0.13 percent of adults have used ketamine in the past year. In the U.S. 0.13? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is interesting because a different study showed that in 2019, which is included in this, but not, but, you know, that 0.13 includes, you know, more years. It, just in 2019, about 1% of U.S. Uh, people 18 and up reported using ketamine recreationally in the past year. Okay. So the latest data that I was from 2019, what did I say? Did I say 1%? 0.13%. 0.13% in 2019 it was 1%. Wow, okay. So, I don't that's the latest data I have, so it's possible, my guess based on what I read is it is increasing in usage. That's like 3 maybe, million people. Maybe 2019 was just a wild year, I don't know, but it seems like usage is <laughs> we should increasing. go back in time and tell them to wait until 2020. Well, <laughs> okay, so actually um I will jump to this Rachel Bennett, a psychologist who had studied the drugs since 20 uh, 2002 said in a Rolling Stones article that I read, I spent the first 16 years of my career trying to convince people to use this tool because it's, you know, they're good effects that I'm going to talk about later. I spent the last four telling people to stop and exercise restraint. Mm. And she said that there was a big spike of reports in ketamine addiction since the pandemic. Wow. So I think people did resort to drugs, including ketamine yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like shit was hard, and we were all coping, doing whatever we could, and that included wine. Know, wine that included <laughs> box wine for me for sure. Yep. That included weed. That included drugs. Yep. Like that. That was part of it. Um, for I mean, for and for me as well. So and others. So back to the study though. So yes, that that it does say that it does seem to be increasing in the pandemic. People did get the note and start you know going for it, but. Um, yeah, yeah. At least back to this study, the people that are more likely to use men are more likely to use it. Other risk factors that indicate that can are, you know, tied to increased use are past year drug use. So if you use any drugs, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. More, um, and this is where we come in, sexual minority status. Um, the highest risk people they found were sexual minority males who had reported using um, more than one substance. Okay. Yeah. I mean, th that... Here it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that, yeah. that checks out yeah. with what I know of 
the scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read something else that was not just ketamine. That was about any kind of these either party or, or sex drugs that people use. And it, it, there were other people other than gay men. Like we tend to be the ones that get focused on in this conversation. And it was saying like, there are other people that use drugs during sex. And so it's not just gay men, but it did confirm that it, but gay men are among the most likely to do it. So the targeted message towards them is fair and is warranted and is useful. So it seems like this is, it's, it is the right kind this stereotype at least is correct. It is the right, targeting the right call out the right thing that we as a community need to watch out for Mm. yeah so i'm going to talk about some of the risks and harm reduction um, ideas so risks you talked about um just the dissociative state and what people call a a, a k-hole like that is because you get side effects like delusions like visions um you can get into these if you use too much dissociative states that can for it said for some people feel euphoric and for other people are like terrifying and scary and like mm. you're not in your body and um so that's one of the risks there's a risk you know it's a drug high tolerance and dependency there's uh, other side effects could be cramps or permanent bladder damage um, so in, in harm reduction, if you feel like you have to pee a lot more or if you see blood in your pee, that's when you know you should see a doctor because it can cause bladder damage. Wow. There's I've never well, heard of that even a little bit. Really? That's insane. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. There's also, and we're hearing about this a lot in Seattle, I don't know if you have the uh, fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, it's a story everywhere, but I, I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing about that a lot here. Just there's a risk of fentanyl uh, combination. Um, so fentanyl is a painkiller that is found in hospitals, also manufactured for the black market. And it is very potent, 25 to 50 times more potent than heroin. Yeah. So it is like I've seen the comparison of the size of dose or whatever, and it is a tiny dose of fentanyl. So that's the risk. Yeah. So some people use fentanyl on its own. Sometimes it's found in other drugs. It can be mixed into drugs like heroin or oxycodone because it's a Cheap alternative offers a sedentary high, so it can be cut in. Yeah, you know, potentially to help like with the profits of, of people selling drugs. It's also found in cocaine, which they didn't know what the. Um, you even mentioned it on your list of CK. Yeah, as one there. So it sounds if there's a they said there are two people disagree on why it's found in cocaine either intentionally mixed in to create its own drug if it has a different name that yeah. seems like that's a realistic possibility yeah yeah but this article didn't say for sure or accidental if you're this is where i don't know the details of drug dealing or how it works if you're doing your drug stuff with fentanyl they don't you're not like going to sterilize all your equipment or wipe it down sure. and a little bit of fentanyl if that gets into cocaine could be accidental yeah sure 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 they're even like like anecdotal reports of like accidental overdose because people just like handle something that has fentanyl in it right and, and didn't know that it had it in it and then like i don't know touch their eye or something and yep, yep. so uh, one of the harm reduction ideas is testing your drugs is making sure if you're going to do it test it to make sure that it uh, is pure and not does not contain any fentanyl i didn't even know how i would do that can I run to the drugstore and get like, yeah, go to the police. Yeah. <laughs> ask about it. Could you test no, this for me, please? <laughs> there are devices you can use to uh, test. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't know any more than that, but yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so anyway, that that was a lot about uh, fentanyl, but that that is the risk that there could be, you know, fentanyl is included in this. Um, that there there's that could be deadly, and overdose on ketamine alone, death from overdose on ketamine alone is rare. Mm. So that's not to say it doesn't happen. It's just say that it, that that part is very rare. The risk, though, the big risk is when um, and they the studies say that most ketamine emergency room visits and deaths involve mixture with other drugs like alcohol, like opioids or other stimulants. Mm, mm, mm. So I mentioned some of the harm reduction ideas, but other things that came up when looking this up and the idea being, I'm like a big proponent of harm reduction, but we haven't just like mentioned in all aspects of life, not just drugs, but the idea being like people will continue doing drugs for some people. They don't even have a choice. They, they don't want to. It just is part of it. Or people may make the decision that they're going to keep doing it. Whatever. People are going to do drugs. Yeah. I would rather you know how to be safe while doing that if you were going to choose to and stay alive. Yeah. Rather than us not like pretending like ab- abstinence is the only way to do it. And then you're like, okay, then I don't, then I'm just going to do whatever and then not know. And yep. you yep. accidentally mess up. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So some harm reduction suggestions eat at least two hours before you use. Okay. Uh, stay hydrated. Uh, so drink water or electrolyte drinks. This can help with the bladder damage that I mentioned. The idea that mixing ketamine is is more the cause of emergency room visits or, or overdose. Either avoid or try to reduce mixing ketamine with other substances. So uh, mixing ketamine with depressants can contribute to an overdose. Mixing ketamines with stimulants can increase your heart rate and blood pressure. So put pressure on your your heart. Leave at least 30 minutes before doses if you're going to, especially if you don't know how it affects you, how much it affects you. Mm -hmm. That gives you enough time to feel it out and decide if you do want to do more. Do it with people you know. Um, one of the risks, because the risk is uh, becoming disoriented or disassociated. It talked about, and this is again what I really like about just acknowledging what happens. So if you're using it during sex work, if you're using it around people you don't know, if you're using it around strangers, if you're using like those, that becomes a little bit more, just be aware that you may not be in f- full control when you do that. So yep. it, it does make it a little bit riskier. So being around people that you know and trust. And one one article suggested provides psychological support in party spaces, which like that I was like, hmm, really? Like I've never heard that. I've never heard like that would be very cool if you could have like a doctor on hand at places, you know, or I don't even know psychologically you could have like a, I don't know, a therapist to talk through. Yeah. Just associate. I don't know what that means, like <laughs> or how we would do that exactly. But it was like the next grave I throw, I'm going to have you know somebody show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. But that was like a that's like a smart like it just hit me as like oh no one would ever do that. I was like oh wait, but that'd be a really smart like you know a volunteer healthcare worker. I don't know someone that can yeah. just be like, look, I know. Let's just have someone on hand. So I'd again, I'd rather reduce. I'd rather a harm reduction approach. Anyway, th- I thought that was an interesting uh, suggestion. Yeah, but for sure. <laughs> those are risks and harm reduction. There are other harm reduction ideas, especially depending on the type you use. If you do, like you know, snorting or, or booty bump, or we'll, you know, do various types. There, there are other suggestions. So make sure to read up on booty bump. Yeah, that's where you put it in your butt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of drugs you can. You can go through. You sure. can go rectally. Yeah, I mean, you can you can butt chug booze. Apparently, we learned you can, that. You so. can put a lot of stuff up your butt <laughs> if you really want to. But it, but that creates like I think when it was like when that can damage 
like that that puts you at high if you do a booty bump and then have anal sex like that can put you at high risk for STIs because then it's more likely to you know it like kind of I don't know the word yeah it like makes surfaces more like open to getting the STI in there yeah that's the least medical way that I could describe that but that's the risk so it suggested if you're gonna booty bump have someone do wear a condom yeah huh. well thanks for that yeah no problem. <laughs> I agree with you on the harm reduction shit, mm. by the way. Like, I, I think, you know, abstinence only is such a puritanical, horseshit Christian thing, like, about all kinds of stuff. Sex, booze, yeah. rock and roll, dancing, I don't know. Yeah. But and, and with drugs, it makes you feel like if you do, to just say stop cold turkey, Yeah. that's a lot for some people, yeah. and um, it... There's then a lot of make, shit that you can't stop cold turkey. Like it will kill you to stop cold yes, turkey. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's it makes you then if you like ever use again a relapse or or it doesn't like you it doesn't you can't quit the first time. It you know it usually takes multiple times to try quitting something before you can. Then it makes you just feel like a failure if you do yeah. it again. So it like it helps say like okay let's make this safer. Let's reduce the amount of times. Let's make you know like I it's I absolutely think it's a much better approach to all things including yeah. drugs. Yeah. For sure, yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you about Elijah McLean. Okay, do you know that name? Nope. We should, and like like a lot of a lot of folks that that fit this situation, we just there's too many of them to to count. Anyway, uh, he's a a 23 year old African American from Aurora, Colorado, uh, who died six days after a violent police encounter, mm. and um. So, so on August 24th, okay, yes, quite. I, I've, I've heard the name. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. yeah I, and, and, and because of the timing of it also, like George Floyd was sort of the big flashpoint that really got, you know, say his name. We said his name a lot while we were marching. Right. Like, yeah. like, um, and this is roughly the same time period. Right. So, um, uh, Anyway, um, so August 24th, 2019, there were three Aurora police officers and they made contact with Elijah McLean because an Aurora civilian had called in a tip that said that there was an unarmed person wearing a ski mask that looked sketchy. And all three of the officers that responded said that their body cameras were knocked off in the struggle with McLean. And that's why there's no video or clear video of all of this stuff. That should be automatic firing. Like I, if your body, body cameras are such a useful tool that we need for police. Like talk about harm reduction. Yep. So the caller, the caller definitely said that he did not believe that the person was armed and that did not believe that anyone was in immediate danger, but wanted to call it in anyway. Uh, all he had done was go to the convenience store to get an iced tea for his brother. Hmm. So he was uh, forcibly held to the ground with his hands cuffed behind his back. You, so there's clearly a step where they assumed it was him as the dangerous person. Well, yeah. So so they, they, they approached him. They made contact with him. So then uh, he seemed to have been, well, he's believed to have been listening to music at the time because he didn't immediately respond he didn't immediately comply to police oh, instructions and was kind of flailing around uh, his arms, waving his arms around. And um, his Which family could be just be like walking and moving or what if you're skipping? What if you're like, yeah, his family says they think he was just dancing Dan- or dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, the family also said that he would wear a ski mask from time to time because he had a blood circulation disorder that caused him to chill easily. He would get cold easy, so he would do that. So the police report says that he resisted when confronted by police officers. Uh, One of the officers shouted, he's going for your gun. So they slammed him into a wall um, and then they wrestled him to the ground and, and handcuffed him. Then they did a what's called a carotid hold where they they tried to choke him out mm. because he was resisting arrest. Quote, unquote. Um, I, it's, it, one of the officers said that he would have the police dog bite him if he didn't settle down. Anyway, so, so there's a whole bunch of stuff. But um, then because of the protocol involved, they called the paramedics. And they they said to the paramedics that he was acting crazy and that he was definitely on something because he had incredible crazy strength when they tried to restrain him. Mm. And uh, so the paramedics showed up and injected him with 500 milligrams of ketamine. Jesus. Which apparently is how they roll in Colorado and is not the only jurisdiction in the country where like you might have an encounter with police and get fucking injected with ketamine. That's wild that you can use that in that situation. Without consent, without like just the police said, yeah, he's a crazy person. Calm him down. And that's the paramedics go to. And also the medic at the scene estimated that McLean weighed 220 pounds. And that was why they gave him 500 milligrams of ketamine. Uh, dude was five foot six, only weighed one forty. Oh my god! Like, should not have received more than about three hundred and twenty milligrams of of ketamine. I mean, if any, <laughs> if any. Yeah. Um, there's a neuroscientist named Carl Hart who's the chair of Columbia University's psych department. He said, "Quote: Why anyone would be giving anyone ketamine in that circumstance is beyond me." Yeah. Um, uh, the major problem here is we should never be ordering any medication, and no one should be taking or giving giving given it against their will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about seven minutes after he received the ketamine, he had no pulse in the ambulance, went into cardiac arrest. Uh, he was revived, but was later declared brain dead and was taken off of life support less than a week later. Hmm. So, but this idea that like a, a, uh, you can have a contact with police and be deemed out of control and they inject ketamine into your system to like put a stop to it especially when it's not exactly a safe drug that people, especially with cardiac conditions can, can react to. And if you can, like if someone lets uh, police, I'm not going to give any benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve it. They haven't earned that. But a paramedic, if they just benefit the doubt completely misjudged, like if you can be that off Mm -hmm. by just eyeballing someone that, you you don't want to be in like oh i eyeballed this person and i accidentally was off by 200 milligrams like that's you shouldn't be able like a mistake shouldn't be able to be that catastrophic yep. in this situation yep absolutely i I, to- I totally agree and, and you know how much of that was amped up by like you know three big white police off i don't know if they're i assume they're white that was yeah. an assumption yeah yeah but but <laughs> three police officers are telling you like, yeah, this guy's crazy strong. He's out of control. Like, do you kind of like, does your mental math then like, are you yeah. biased by that report? And so you like, you know, yeah. kick it up a notch. Yeah. And, and I mean, in general, uh, black kids are seen as older, as more threatening, as more violent 
just by the way they look, not by doing anything else. There, it's like the adultification of young black, especially young black boys. Like I, I could see that just by the virtue of him being black, people assume he might be bigger, stronger, fighting back when none of that is actually true. Yep. Now, one, I looked and I looked and I looked, and nobody said Elijah. He went by Eli. Nobody said Eli was gay. But he was definitely queer in that like an interesting dude kind of way. And I, I don't I don't know. He he seemed he seemed kind of gay to me. <laughs> Why? Um first he's really handsome, which is great. Like that means you're gayer in my opinion. <laughs> but um as a teenager he taught himself guitar and violin, graduated with a technical degree from a college in Denver, got a job as a massage therapist. Uh, he was a vegetarian and known as a pacifist. Uh, his sister said, quote, he was a really good person. He didn't argue with anybody. If you tried to argue with him, he would just say, I love you and walk away. Um, his colleagues at Massage Envy, where he worked as a therapist, um, said that he always followed the model or he followed the model always with gratitude. Uh, he would draw pictures for colleagues, perform headstands in the corridors, <laughs> would wear barefoot running style toe shoes so that he could feel closer to the ground. <laughs> he would regularly sing or dance for colleagues or for clients. And uh, he also took regular trips to a local pet store where he would play the violin for kittens who didn't have homes. Oh, that's adorable. Um, uh, His ear piercings, just his general, like his vibe. I, I, I don't know. He seems pretty gay. But isn't that like literally what we talk about doing the opposite of? Like you just described a bunch of stereotypes that none of which say he's actually gay. That's true. Is it is it because those are less masculine things that make you assume he might be gay? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Any, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the segment about the segment that I wanted to bring was just all of the different ways that ketamine can be used, apparently injected against your will by paramedics who got called there by cops that were freaking out is on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that seems so fucked up. Yeah. So fucked up. Yeah, yeah. That's, I had no idea that they could even do that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, another use. Yeah. Let's turn it around. Let's turn it around. Another use is uh, for treatment for depression. And what I used in, in my previous i mentioned the rolling stones but now i have the credit rolling stones article by uh delilah friedler which came out this year 2013 2023 2023 um i used my clinic that i went to because they offer both the the brain magnets that i got and ketamine treatments mm-hmm. so i use their um, info and and wikipedia to to tell you a little bit more about this as a device for treatment mm-hmm. i it seems like a especially for people with major depression, it seems like a very promising option. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I mentioned up front that there's good to it as well, because for people with major depression, oftentimes if you even get to the point of going to therapy or taking medication, we have a lot of stigma around those things. But if those things don't work, some, I didn't know that there are lots of other options available. I didn't know about, TMS, which is the brain magnets, what I lovingly call brain magnets, uh, which is the option that I did. That was one of the many options that I didn't know were available to continue yeah. treating. And so just knowing there are additional options past, you know, especially people with medication resistant depression like me, like to know that there are more things beyond that, that isn't the last kind of option to help yeah. is very comforting 
or uh, I don't know. At least you know you, you can keep trying. No, and it's and it's fairly new, right? Like, and it's like new. A, a lot of this new. I I went through this with with someone in my life not too long back, and um, at that time it was ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, or TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation. So you know, it, it was either seizures or brain magnets were the were the two things for treatment resistant depression, and uh, uh, ketamine was not yet an option not on yeah. the list and i guess psilocybin mushrooms is also on the list now of like now there might be four options yeah uh, there that one uh, at least at the clinic uh, it is not an option there i know they're testing it in portland um they've, they've got some studies going and there's potential for there to be uh, additional testing going on so so right now actually ketamine is is ahead of yeah. psilocybin in at least in this one clinic and yeah. so that's part of what i want to say is like i'm going to give some specifics about treatments and this is very specific to one treatment place so i'm not promising that this is everything i just want to give examples of what a ketamine treatment could look like yeah so sure. there th I, from this rolling stones article the author said quote many associate ketamine with escapism and the drug is classified as a dissociative yet while k distances me from my feelings often what follows the high is a reassociation i return to sobriety with the dots of my mind and my body connected differently helping me adapt to an ever-changing world. Hmm. And I thought that was a good personal account of what is the value of this. That's what I, I, I felt on shrooms. Like there after, like after having done that, I, I had realizations that I could not have gotten without them. Yeah. So yeah. one 2018 paper uh, said that ketamine was quote, arguably the greatest breakthrough in the field of depression in over 60 years. Oh, that's a, it's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. Yep. So three options that I will go through. One is IV ketamine. This is where, compared to the others, you tend to receive a larger non-psychedelic dose of the drug intravenously under clinical supervision. And in the Rolling Stones article, they said, often while reclined in cushy chairs, listening to curated playlists. Aww. Sure. I wonder what goes on the playlist. I wonder what goes on the playlist. And would they ask me, do you want Taylor Swift on there? In and I case, have to figure out, do I? Do I, Do you want maybe if you could dissociate a little bit and kind of reconnect the dots, maybe you would finally get it. Maybe. Maybe the dots would connect and you'd be like Taylor Swift. One treatment away from being a Swifty. Who knew? Artist of a generation. <laughs> I didn't know it until this moment. Maybe they'd put Britney on there for me. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. They do, they do all of this to relieve symptoms of depression, affects our experience right away. And that was a common thing that I saw even in the recreational use of the effects tend to be experienced right away, which is very different than other yeah. drugs or treatment options. Even with, with TMS, it took weeks to start to feel, of daily appointments to start to feel the effects. Yeah, like when I went on Lexapro a million years ago, it was like six, eight, ten weeks to yeah, feel better. Yeah, some medication like, takes time Jesus. to build up. Yep, yep. So research has shown that treatment uh, that a treatment course of IV ketamine ketamine can be up to seventy percent effective in alleviating depressing depression symptoms, including the reduction of suicidal ideation. What that might look like, the clinic that uh, I went to, they do sixty minute sessions two times a week for six treatments, followed by maintenance treatment if you have good results. So they kind of figure out first, does it work for you, and if so, then come up with a plan. Uh, the results tend to last uh, seven to 10 days, although for it's at a significant minority, the improvement may last for 30 days and longer. Mm. So 
you know, there's a kind of a window of, of effects. And for some people, it could last longer than a week or longer than a month. Huh. Uh, unfortunately, insurance does not cover IV ketamine treatment. Again, that's a generality. I would presume most of these newer things. Yeah. I mean, insurance doesn't want to fucking cover anything. So right. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they have any excuse not to. Yeah. The second one is ketamine assisted psychotherapy. That's taking a smaller amount by either lozenge or nasal spray. And then what? Nasal spray. I mean, cause, cause like you're not going to like, Oh, here, do a line of ketamine. You know, like <laughs> you got, you got to do it another way. That's yeah. more like medicinal. So yeah, I just, nasal I spray is the other. Never considered like, you know, have like, can you imagine your therapist just like getting together, getting her credit card out and just like making you a little line, giving you a straw, like, all right, yeah. <laughs> sniff up. Yeah. Um, on a harm reduction thing, it mentioned not sharing. Like if you use something like straw to, to, to like do a bump of it, like not sharing that, which I didn't know that. I don't know either. I didn't know not share. Whoops. So ketamine assisted psychotherapy. Uh, so what you 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 take it and then you engage in talk therapy, which helps rewrite thought patterns while your mind is more receptive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it creates a dissociative experience then that can help patients access emotional and psychological material that otherwise would be challenging to discuss during therapy, um, and it helps you get new insights on your depression while talking to a therapist. Um, the plan at the the clinic that I go to propose a series of preparatory sessions, then a series of two hour medicine assisted therapy sessions in the clinic, each followed in the days after by a one hour integration session. Um, and they recommended initial course might look like five to eight sessions. Wow. Okay. An integration session. Yeah. It's like after, so like after you've had the experience and to kind of help process it, I think it, I think recreationally, it can do similar things, but the value of having, this is why that recommendation was to have a person there. Like if someone can help actually like, let's talk about this and process this, just like with anything in life, it helps to have a professional help you do that. Yeah. And it's also like you're dosing responsibly, you know, with with kind of safeguards in place or whatever. Yep. And actually uh, safeguards in place. I mentioned I, th- when I, I don't know if it's changed. It's been a while since I've talked to them about this option. The requirement though would have been for me to go get the nasal spray myself and have that on hand yeah. and bring that to my therapy sessions. They weren't allowed to do it for you. And I didn't like that risk of yeah. like, let's have ketamine sitting around. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons I didn't, pursue that anymore the, the iv uh, no that's too i don't have good enough insurance to to pursue the iv like some of these are, unfortunately are cost prohibitive which sucks when you're depressed to like have that be another thing to, to right yeah, yeah 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 and like the other one insurance generally does not cover ketamine assisted psychotherapy hmm. the hmm. last oh. hmm. i i'd hang on to it for you if you want me to oh that's a good idea Great. Continue going on. I'll, no, I'll have to. I'll have to think about that and figure out if that's a would be a workaround. Yeah. There's also esketamine, which is uh, there's the brand name. It's the Italian version. Esketamine. <laughs> hey, mamma. Um, the brand name is Spravato. First, I thought that was a tennis player. So no, Spravato. Um, Sparatova. It is not. Ketamine, it is chemically related to ketamine and administered as a nasal spray. So 
so even though it's not ketamine it's falls into this kind of category it's a new antidepressant unlike again unlike other antidepressants most people feel better after the first or second treatment um, it works uh, in 50 to 70 percent of patients with treatment resistant depression Ooh. and it is the first fda approved therapy to work for treatment resistant depression with almost immediate effect yeah wow so those are just some of the options that are out there the some of the uses for uh, and, and promising uses for treatment resistant depression wow we live in the future, Kyle. But we also live in the like in the stone ages because like there are these options that then in either insurance won't cover or they we still have to like convince people to let us test like you know cyclocybin like it's yeah. It sucks that it's like well, and in this country there's the whole like largely Christian horse shit of like mental health isn't a thing right like yep just just do better <laughs> yes and our like kind of abstinence view of drugs in general so like it's harder to get something like this approved to to be tested like yeah. it's just uh, yeah it's yeah it's advanced and feels like behind the times at the same time yep absolutely i get yeah. that yeah for sure all right. Well, I'm going to talk to you about Azalea Banks. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, <laughs> whenever anyone brings up Azalea Banks, it's like, what did she say this time? Is that true? I yes. I, I don't really follow her, so oh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that much about her. So. The song two one two is one of the best songs maybe ever in the world. Um, uh, that's hers. I don't know any of her other music, but yeah, she's known for saying bullshit, and she's always just caught in these like she says shit and then gets in trouble or gets in feuds or whatever. Well, um, uh, yeah, apparently she got in trouble with Swedish people once. Um, <laughs> does, like, literally, there's probably a list. You could list the people she hasn't gotten in trouble with, and she, that would be shorter. She made fun of the potato famine and pissed off the Irish. She, like, it just, anyway, it's it's really, really, really interesting to me. I don't know anything about her at all. But uh, she is bi. She's bisexual. And she she told the New York Times in an interview, she said, quote, I'm not trying to be like the bisexual lesbian rapper. I don't live on other people's terms. Anyway, so she posted to her Facebook page a picture of herself with what appeared to be blood running down her face hmm. and, and head. And then people freaked out about that and were making fun of the picture and making fun of her choice to post that online which they she then came back and she said that the picture was of a religious practice that she worships the goddess yamaya there's an emphasis there's a a tick mark over the last a so it's it, it i would say yamaya but because it's on the end like it might be yamaya anyway the patron spirit of motherhood and rivers of the yoruba religion so yeah, she she was claiming this is just my religion. You're making fun of my religion. You're you're like you're you're being terrible people, and I don't understand how she made the leap from that to posting a meme that said that gays are appropriating horse culture because they wear harnesses, use J lube, and do ketamine because that's a that's a veterinary thing. It's used extensively by by veterinary science to put horses out so that they can do they can do perform surgery on them but yeah she said quote mainstream gay culture in a nutshell yet y'all have the nerve to tell me the herbal plant-based goddess that i need medication for believing in my goddess the hilarity don't fuck with me bitches we can do this culture war all day and i promise you that i will win good night 
And it's just like gazer appropriating horse culture, harnesses ketamine, obstetrical lube. That's that that was her choice. That was that's kind of funny. I think it's <laughs> kind of funny too. Oh, were people mad at her? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They said it was queer phobic. That it was um, uh, uh, one person like did that whole announcing their departure thing on her mm. social media quote. Stopped following today, girl. If you believe in what you claim to believe, you wouldn't act this way. Hmm. Um, one fan said, quote, clearly you're not a gay man and are misrepresenting a subculture. As a gay man, I find this absolutely offensive, but I don't hold hate for you. It indicates to me that you are upset and are in pain. I'm sorry you feel that way. God, I fu- Okay. Uh, go ahead. I fucking hate this. There's this whole new wave of like when responding to trolls being like, I see you're hurting. Yeah. And I, I it's just so disingenuous, uh, like... I'm. I don't know. I just hate that. Like I, I can tell your from your comment that you yourself are hurting, and I hope that you learn to love yourself because I've learned to love myself. Like people post these whole diatribes to someone, and I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, barf. I just I fucking hate it so much. It's just. But you get to respond. Uh, if I support Zayla Banks for saying we're appropriating horse, horse culture, I support the person to saying that you must be in pain and love yourself or whatever. Yeah. I it just, it's weird that that one got more of the reaction from me than the horse. Yeah, one, But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that might be my, own. I don't know if a gay man had made that joke. Would that be different? Like it's just the, it's just the, um, I think it's the deflection of it all. That is that's a weird, interesting, like, like why? that has nothing to do with, this image you posted or your religion at all. Like, like was it mostly gays that were giving you shit about mm. the, the religion thing? Also, I mean the, the picture with blood all over her is a little disturbing, mm. but um, it's not like jumping her shit about it. Like mm. if that's her religion, then go for it. Right. Mm. And, um, or is it like trying to use gays as a, like this, this part I don't like, you're right. If that was a joke, someone, especially a gay man made, that horse I think that would be funny it's like the part that I dislike is like oh you're coming at me let me throw gays under the bus right yeah <laughs> like wh- why yeah you're right the the weird not, uh, dis not connectedness of it yeah well pink news uh, said that the meme they they traced it back and that it came from a gay meme tumblr blog so <laughs> um it, it we were making fun of ourselves when we put together this idea yeah um and but then she jumped on it and and i'll end with this pink news man sometimes the way that they write their articles is just fucking fantastic yeah said yes this really happened no she's not horsing around here and really did post that meme on main m-a-n-e pink news i can tell you're really hurting i can feel it from here and just because you don't love yourself doesn't mean you have to lash out like that oh god kyle did we do it did we, i don't know did we talk about ketamine we did we did we did yeah a whole bunch yeah and we're gonna talk more yeah we're about gonna talk k-holes k-holes and, and we're gonna tell you why like murray bartlett is probably Super into ketamine. I um, don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. Okay. Um, I have a couple of other things that I can tell you about. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, more no. ketamine in the Patreon. Yeah. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. 
I gotta be. I gotta. You're. I'm on the edge. You're edging me <laughs> to for when we're coming back. Are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do our gayest and straightest. We're gonna do our gayest and straightest. But first, but first, you motherfuckers. Hello, everybody. Gayishpodcast.com slash live. We're doing a live tour. We're probably coming somewhere near you, unless you're in the south. Houston's the best we can do. We are coming but- big. We're coming hard. Six <laughs> times somewhere near you. Look up where we're going. We'd be excited to see you. Live shows are always so much fun. When you'll get a drink with it, men's one. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, t- take a look at the schedule, uh, gayishpodcast.com slash live. Yeah, bring your gayest to straightest and you'll walk away with some merch maybe if you oh, want to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Um, also, local gay bar review. Ooh, what can follow the five out of five dildo review? Yeah. Let's find out. We're going to talk about the Balcony Club in Boise, Idaho. Oh, and we're going to do it together, Kyle. I've been there You've twice. You've been there with me. With you even. when we uh, did our live shows at Tree Fort. Yep. Uh, so we were just in Boise for the Tree Fort Music Festival. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Balcony Club for Drag Fort. Yep. And um, Drag Fort pulled talent. They they did both years that that we've been, but they pull some really great talent. They have some really great artists perform. So that that the show part, I will give overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. It's a really big space. Like it's surprisingly yeah. massive space, which with a with a cool like wraparound balcony outside. Yeah. Um, which when the weather is warmer is a good place to like hang out. Yeah. Um, or when you're like warm or have social anxiety like me, you could just go stand out there and be like, I'm probably doing something. Yeah. Uh, and compared to big city bars, it's a uh, pretty affordable. Um, if you ignore the fact that like the cover, if you weren't, if you didn't have a tree fort pass oh, yeah. was like super expensive. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I think Boise is, is lucky to have that, that space now. Don't know if it's true, but uh, apparently straight people own it, and there's a lot of feelings about that. Yeah, so uh, it also was, I don't know, pretty pretty packed, and I didn't see a lot of like different kinds of people. Yeah. I'm yeah, inclined yeah. to give it three and a half dildos. Yeah, that's great. It, I uh, did not get laid, and a lot of people were there with their boyfriends, so I a little bit of just that night, a little bit of, you know, that's fine. Everyone can show up with their boyfriends if they want to. Yeah. Great. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. <laughs> we are we have a Facebook group, we have a Discord, we have spaces, we're on Instagram. You can find all of our social media info at gayishpodcast.com slash contact. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is five eight five five gayish. That's five eight five five four two nine four seven four standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Uh, gayest and straightest? We're going to do our gayest and straightest. I'll go. Great, do it. My straightest is I went to the Mariners game. Yeah, you did. Um, Who was it, by the way? It was, you know what? It was a lot. So what we did, instead of going to our seats, we went to a bar that was near our seats so we could stand up. We, I like, I always hate, I'm a large person that is too wide for most seats. So I don't fit. So I got to like actually just stand up and have some room to move around. So I loved that. I went with our favorite fag stag, Doug Ankoviak, whose yeah. birthday it was. Happy birthday, Doug. Happy birthday, Doug. Um, and his wife's birthday too. Happy birthday, Britt. But that part was fun. Hung out, drank like that. There was a game going on. Sometimes I looked over and was like, oh, interesting. Did you have garlic fries? No. No. 
I'm disappointed. I just had large drinks. <laughs> um, and when there was something real excited, like in the eighth inning, everyone started screaming and got really excited. And someone made me give them a high five. And I was like, what happened? And everyone was like laughing around me because we like tied it up in the eighth inning or something. Great. So my gayest is I was like, oh, it's the eighth inning. People are excited and they're going to stay. I'm going to take this opportunity. So I left like Great. right when it got tied up and everyone was like real excited. We were losing to the Astros the whole time. Right when it got tied up, I was like, cool, I'm leaving now so I can get a bus and I won't yeah. be like too <laughs> packed with people trying to escape. Yeah. So Lots of people leave at the seventh inning stretch regardless of mm. what's going on. Like, I, I stuck this. around. The, yeah, I stuck around. I, so I at least got to be there for an exciting moment. I don't know if they won or lost at the end of it. I didn't. That's also part of the gayness. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Great. They probably lost. That's how they... Gay. <laughs> what about you? Uh, the straightest thing about me this week was um, I, I went to... Uh, there's there's a bar here called CC's, and the first Saturday of every month is Fetish Night, and I, I went early. <gasps> I like for, for years, I've been doing this. Go and uh, not wear gear and just like go early and get a spot at the bar and drink. Because after a like, certain time, they only let people with gear in. And so, you, yeah. Yeah. But I think showing up to fetish night, not in fetish gear is, <laughs> is, is my, is my straightest. Yep. And then much to my disappointment, they were like, you have to leave. <gasps> if you don't have gear, you have to leave at eight. Wow. So at some point that changed my, like, just go and enjoy is like that's not allowed no more yeah so um yeah anyway so the gayest thing about me besides like wanting to throw a hissy fit when they said that i had to go because <laughs> like the, there's definitely a screaming like queer inside of me that just wanted to like go off yeah i didn't by the way yeah. um the gayest thing about me this week is um is uh weighing myself every day because pride <laughs> oh no mike i know <laughs> do we need to talk about that hmm yeah. We can talk about that in our bo- a Patreon bonus episode about shame. Oh boy, <laughs> that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, uh, uh, this week we have a listener's gayest and straightest in voicemail. Yeah, hi, Mike and Carl. My name is Richard. I'm from South Africa. I have spent the last four months catching up on six years of gayish and absolutely love it. Rub the candidacy that you guys approach the show with. I love the humor. I love the seriousness, everything. Uh, my gayest and straightest for this week. My straightest is organizing a golf day for work. And my gayest is organizing a Friday outside hike for the community that I live in. So thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Richard from South Africa. I love when gays and straightest are mostly compliments for us. That's my gayest. I prefer compliments over your actual. No, those are great ones. And also people. That... Golf is super straight. Oh, my God. So one of the straightest options. Well, do it. And and pride outside. I love I love the idea of pride outside. That makes me happy. Yeah, that's a really cute idea. Yeah. Um, plus, like it, they'll hear this and what another four years once they're all caught up with right. like all of our episodes. So like at some day. You'll hear it. That's it. That's it. We did an episode on ketamine, Kyle. We did, as voted on by y'all. So thanks for voting and join Patreon to help vote on our topics. Yep, do it. Thanks, Patreon. Um, Thank you. This is me. <clears throat> also, thank you to our Super Gap Bridgers. I'd like to thank Andrew Bugby, Christopher M. John Crowley, Stephen Porch, Yost Osel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez. Wow, I don't know what happened there. Wadu, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Cuppington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Catchatorians, and Jerome York. 
Thank you for your support. Thank you very much for your support. That's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Do it. See you next week. Of hoary and I'm banging everyone that's a dude I'm on the edge of hoary and I probably will bang you too I'm on the edge 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 I'm on the edge of hoary and holes well I have two